This is the Incomparable Podcast, and yet it's not. This is our sort of strange flash podcast, sudden, unexpected podcast, uh, to talk about Doctor Who, which uh, the two-part season premiere wrapped up over the weekend, and we have gathered a small contingent of incomparable panelists here to do a quick conversation about the first two episodes of Series 6 of Doctor Who. Joining me, I'm Jason Snell. That's who they're joining. Uh, joining me, Dan Morin. Uh, hi, Jason. Hi, Glenn Fleischman. Howdy. John Syracusa. Hello, all. Hello. And Serenity Caldwell. Hello, hello. Hello. So the Day of the Moon was the episode this weekend following the impossible astronaut. Um, uh, lots of stuff in this two-parter, huh? Like uh, overflowing bag full of stuff. And lots of callbacks, too. We know we have some culmination of a bunch of stuff that happened throughout season five. Do we? The, the silence. There the was silence. one reference to it, but I don't think anything culminated. No, the call, I think we, we I think well, we'll opened the door to the next chapter. A lots word mentioned in a previous season <laughs> yeah. was referenced this again. Time. Now oh, we well, know what I, it means. No, no, it's all the things. Of. It's the doctor. We know that. We know that. Uh, River Song is, uh, Song is constantly referred to the fact that she kills the best man she knows. We see the doctor killed dead. We see um, – we know that she – we know when he's going to be killed now, ostensibly. We know that she does it. But somehow there's an astronaut suit there involved. We know that um, the control ship from the Lodger episode, the um, the abandoned – or the uh, broken spaceship, is the control system that the silence was using. We're starting to get a lot of, you know, things starting to thread together, turn into a tapestry. I, yeah, I, I think you may, you may be laying more connectivity on those things than was actually there. We shall see. <laughs> I think I think some of that was accidental. Like, oh yeah, we can use the lodger, Tardis, uh, fake Tardis to uh, to tie this in with the silence. That's called saving budget money. Yeah, yeah. If also, you it, it red though. You gotta. So silence will fall. I assume that that one of the twists in this season is going to be that that we've seen the silence fall now, and it's not going to ultimately be a good thing. That it wasn't about the silence coming and bringing about this, but that actually that by the doctor kind of taking a whack at them, he's caused terrible things to occur. He's basically turned the entire American population into murderers, or the world, but mostly in yeah. America. That's that's. Also and what happens to the dead bodies? Yeah, where are by they? The way? Why do they not see the dead bodies? They still exert a psychic influence. As they, know, rot, as they rot, you just, you just what about all the bodies. silence in all the places yeah. where there's no television? Yeah, yeah. Mm. interesting. Well, they're okay. They all then. go and hide in Nepal. Yeah, that, that that plot didn't really hold together that well. I mean, I love the idea, right? It doesn't make any sense. I think when when you process it, but I love the idea of the monster that you can't um, remember that you can yeah. see it when you're looking at it, and then you turn away, and it's as if it was never there. I mean, that's Is creepy. That the Twilight Zone episode. It seems familiar to me. It's look behind you just right now and you'll find out why. Yeah. It, it's uh, – so my my criticism of these episodes is that although they were really kind of action-packed and there was – they looked great and there was a lot of interesting stuff kind of mashed into them that I found them um, kind of unfulfilling, that, that it wasn't even that, that some questions were resolved and others were not as much as nothing was resolved. It felt completely like set up 
for the rest of the season. And I don't mind having set up for a story arc that lasts the whole season. But to me, you know, I feel like they need to be self-contained episodes too. And this this didn't feel like that at all. This felt like a bunch of stuff put in a blender. And then at the end, you're like, well, I guess we'll find out sometime, you know, in, in, in seven weeks or maybe in October. Well, it was well, a very... Also... Go, oh, go ahead, Glenn. No, no. I was saying this, it's a barrage of information, right? Where you're just getting one thing after. I mean, in the first 15 minutes of the show, the doctor is killed dead. And you're just kind of like, okay, we're back from vacation. Everything's, wait, what the heck is going on? And then, I mean, it's just, it's action beat after action beat. There's really no downtime for everybody to kind of process about what's. Well, and even coming back in the second, I felt, I felt that more acutely with the second episode, I think, than with the first. Mainly that whole opening scene. Where Let's you've kill got everybody. them? Well, yes, but like at the same time, you know, it's supposedly three months later. There's never, it's never really explained what they were doing for all three months or why they had to pretend to have the doctor as a prisoner. Or, I mean, like, there are some potential explanations for why this used ruse to, to create this prison that they couldn't see in, but it, it seemed like overburdened. It was a little overwrought for, for what they were trying to do. And are, um, is everybody in on it? Does he have a magical gun where he can shoot? Amy and Rory and and they don't actually die. They're really, they're really they're good actors. But all bags. but all, all of the other charades. all the other they can be, be transported in body bags for days at a time without suffocating or oh. using a bathroom. Well, and then also he's back on the FBI for this three month stint. And 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 again, why not? I mean, it's it just struck me as being there's hey, a, we need we need some scenes with people running around and and there's action and then a misdirection. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I think yeah. they needed to slim it like and they needed to take stuff out. They it looked like it read like they had all these great ideas and they're like we got to get them all into this one episode. Shot, <laughs> we mean, have the budget for this episode. Let's use it. <laughs> here's my fundamental problem with the silence so far. This is the unresolved question. Every major Doctor Who villain has something behind him, right? The Cybermen want to assimilate everybody. The Daleks want to exterminate all their life forms. Um, the Master wants to control and remake, reshape the universe in his own image. He likes war. He likes violence. He wants this kind of crazy thing, right? But we don't have a motivation for the silence. Like, it seems to me very inconvenient to run everything. Like, this is always the, like, I was asking a question on Twitter the other day, and I did not get a good response. Why did Emperor Palpatine want to run the Empire? It's like it's a big hassle. Like, you know, live forever, whatever. That's all, you know, the, this, uh, this thing. But, like, what does the silence want? Why are they living in tunnels and manipulating all this stuff? Why do they want to destroy the entire universe? Or do they? And, so and I, it's, I'm lacking the fundamental world-beater um, reason for all this. Well, they're kind of lazy. a little quiet. You know, I... <laughs> and, but, and yet, if you silence. want a freaking spacesuit, you could build it yourself or you could you could convince humans to have an entire uh I'm also not clear on... Space like, we, saw, we, saw, we saw one of them, like, vaporize some lady in the, in the bathroom in, like, episode one. With his and, fingertips. Yeah, but it's like... No one else gets killed by them, though. Even even in many situations where it probably would have been a lot more convenient for them to just kill whoever was getting uh, in their way. You know, part of this is the plot of um, of uh, Kurt Vonnegut book, uh, Sirens of Titan, where um, spoiler on Kurt Vonnegut book is that in the whole of human civilization is to create a funny piece of metal that needs to go to Titan in order for an alien spaceship to continue its mission. And they've manipulated civilization for millions of years to make this happen. This sort of the plot here in the silence, manipulating to get like. A darn spaceship made. They spent thousands of years. Well, and, and if you bil- think, millions of years, actually. If you think back to last season, the implication is that the silence has something to do with the TARDIS going to Amy's wedding day and exploding and cracking a hole in the universe. And it, yep. again, 
it's out there. And I, at this point, I can't detect how much of this is set up and how much of this is just ridiculous plot holes. And I have a feeling that, that it's a little bit of both. But there's no – I feel like there's no resolution coming for – Ages that he was set. He essentially just sort of set the table here and said, "Here are all the things that I'm going to move around this season," and I don't have a fundamental problem with that as long as they, you know, you know, as long as the episodes themselves seem fulfilling in some way. But they didn't really feel fulfilling. And then at the end, I, I thought it really felt flat when uh, when he actually comes out and says. Well, we could go investigate all these things that we just yeah. learned, but let's he, not. He's admitting. Let's he's admitting. Like, new monster of the week. Next it's like lost, right? It's like I could ask you lots of questions, but I'm not gonna. I mean, at least he says it, but still. Yes, there's... he does say it, but that doesn't really absolve him or or Stephen Moffat from the fact that we've kind of got this mishmash of of some titillating things, right? I mean, a little girl regenerates. Who is she? Why is she there? I I, I think Glenn and I have some ideas. I don't, I don't know whether we should say them. Uh, out loud or not, for fear that we'll be right, and we will have ruined the uh, we will have ruined the entire thing. But I mean, oh, let's let's see him. I it's fun to speculate. Mine. All right, okay, yeah. okay. You know, so so the who so who kills the doctor in the who's wearing the spacesuit? It's River Song. It's River Song. River Song. But yeah. at a previous age, my my thinking is River Song is Amy Pond's child, and that somehow she got crossed in the time stream there, so that she has Time Lord regeneration powers. Well, which a, well, the they, silence was tapping. She's the a time head. Was, Right. That's what, that's exactly. what he yeah, says. She's she sort of like sor- absorbed – the fetus has absorbed the energy of the time vortex from right. the TARDIS. And they've – so that's the tell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That works. And then – yeah. And Go then test the, it. Uh, no one's else, no one's ever been pregnant on the TARDIS before. So the uh, – but the related thing is that um, they talked about the – they a couple times in passing, the spacemen are feeding off the child. They're coming to feed off me. They're feeding off her time energy. So they've captured her. They put her in this spacesuit so they can use it as their power source. Well, and the, lodger, and the lodger TARDIS needs a – if you remember in the lodger, it needs – a human won't pilot it. And the, yet the doctor is too much for it. So there's a suggestion that perhaps they're trying to create somebody who can steer that thing and fly them half where they want to go. Yeah. A half-time lord. Yeah. They need the, like uh, that, that other doctor from the parallel universe. That's right. But when they kill the doctor in the very first scene, though, I'm, I'm sure they wanted that to be dramatic and important, but we... We know that the doctor regenerates all the time, and this is oh, supposed no. to be 200, 200 years into the future. And yep, if he, he still looks he, the same 200 years into the future, you know he's not going to no, actually no. die because they're not going to be able to keep Matt Smith around for 200 years. No, you forget, though, that David Tennant did the same thing. That was in the uh, the season finale. David Tennant talks about the the um, Ood have called him, and it's like they've t- you've taken a while. And it's like he said, I've been bopping around for 100 years. So they've kind of built in the notion that it could be these long, inexplicable passages of time in which the Time Lords stay the same age roughly, for whatever reason. They roughly look the yeah, same. Yeah, but age. still, I guess, are you but, basically... I mean, when maybe he's spent 200 die, years without dying. They're going to erase that event. That yeah. event that killed well, him this whole season is about how that event never comes to pass. So it's hard probably. to take it as a, as a serious well, setup. Because or, you know or there's a cheat where – because re, there's that whole – he starts to regenerate and all of that. You know, it, has the regeneration energy gone? You know, have they stolen it and will they give it back? And he's not really dead and what – you know, uh, uh, Blank Reg from Max Headroom brings the can of gasoline and, and, and you know, there's a lot uh, – Again, how much of that is red herring and how much of that that is going to come back? It's intriguing, but um, it does – anybody remember Babylon 5? 
Um, there was no nobody does except me. What's that? There was a, there's an episode of Babylon Five called Babylon oh. Squared where there's basically they they take you in. It's all like set up for a payoff two years later of time with based on time travel. And I got the sinking feeling, and it kind of got messed up. <laughs> and I got the sinking feeling while I was watching the Impossible Astronaut that that's what I was seeing. I was seeing I was seeing Babylon Squared. There's even a mysterious figure in a spacesuit who you don't know who it is until much later. Um, and I think in, on Babylon Five they changed the identity because the actor left the show and. But um, you know, it, it just had that feeling like this is all kind of arc, arc set up, and and it is going to get undone in some way because it's not as if Doctor Who is going to say, "Well, sorry, that's it, the end. He's dead, Matt Smith, and then it's over." Well, exactly. You can't end the. You're not going to end a 60 year television show with Matt Smith. I mean, Stephen Moffat wouldn't do that. Uh, but no. I mean, on but top how? of that, no one's going to let him do it. No, he's well, only got two. He doesn't only have two regenerations left. What he's on like? No, no, no. They, they've, they've redconned they've that entire yeah. thing. They've broken they've the. Got rid of that. I figured they'd wait until the last regeneration to change. Oh, they got rid of that years ago. Didn't no, they? yeah, it was a while back. Russell Davis got rid of it. We still haven't seen the Veil Yard though. So yeah. yes, there an you go. An interesting theory that I read um, after watching this was that we have not seen the last of the end of this first episode. In that. This the end of the first episode where Amy shoots the girl and misses. There's a theory kind of floating around that there's a lot more that happened there that we have not yet seen, sure. and we're only I, seeing kind of bits and pieces. Well, and that makes, I hope so. That's what puzzled. I want Mark more Shepard because it's I, really yeah. lame. The crap out of me in, in episode two when they're like, "Oh yeah, remember what? <laughs> Sorry, happened in the I warehouse? missed. Oh yeah, yeah." yeah. It's like, and, oh, and you're yeah. like, wait a second, yeah, they were in a warehouse. What the heck happened in all that? And now it's three months later. Well, there was the flashback where where, there where was Amy says, brief, "Oh, hey, like, sorry, I missed. What? That's seconds. it? Yeah." So either that was really bad, or it means something, but we just don't know, right? So I'm left it's judging it and saying early. that was really lame. You know, I'll, I want to step back though and say I actually really enjoyed the two episodes, despite the gaping plot holes and confusing time stuff. Whatever, I thought they were um, beautifully shot. I really love what's the guy's name? Mark Shepard is that Mark the actor? Shepherd? Yes. Yeah, but he was yeah. just pitch perfect. Nixon was a little bit much, but I really, I just thought the the mise en scene, the the richness of it, nothing felt cheap. The aliens were really terrifying. Yes. They're so big and whatever. Silence so, I mean, I think good, that's, yeah. it's got that going for him. It was a rousing, good show. And then when you delve into the details, you're like, all right, yeah. this is sort of disappointing. I've watched both twice, and I feel like there's more when you watch it the second time you pick up. I'll probably watch them again as the season progresses. And I think there's a lot of little tells and clues here and there. I mean, because like, the, the scene in the orphanage was just, God, it was crazy, gothic, like out-of-nowhere footage and like you know, felt like we're watching The Shining, and you know the whole thing was bizarre and closed doors and all kinds and, of stuff. And happened dark, and forgetting you know, it. There's there's a lot of darkness in there too. And I, I agree. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the first episode. I mean, I remember I got to the end of the first episode and was so caught up in it. I was surprised, like, oh wait, it's over. You know, I felt like it, you know, as you were saying, there's a lot of action in there, and I think part of that is just it's very. You know, uh, it's very uh, immersive in, for its action in, in the first half of it. But I agree with Glenn that sort of, <laughs> as long as you don't think about it too hard, it's kind of enjoyable. And then if you start picking it apart, yeah, it loses maybe a little bit of the, the shine comes off of it. But I, I think that that despite that, there were a lot of good things you know in these episodes. And I, I still I watch more less for the plots and more for the characters, which I think for me I enjoy you know hearing the the repartee and the dialogue. There's some good Rory yes. stuff in the in the I second call- episode. I was going to say, can we can we all agree that one bad thing was seeing more of Rory worrying about who Amy loves him or the Doctor? We spent a whole season on that. Can we? 
I mean, is we going to do a whole other season of it? He's insecure. He's not sure. But in the end, she really loves him. We're going to do that in every episode. Well, they, yeah, did, it, they did it twice, right? And I felt like the one at the twice end was very effective. The first one I thought was not as much. But when, when they're talking about the pregnancy and he's kind of eavesdropping, yeah. I liked I that, that. That was a better dramatic scene. The yeah. first one, it was, yeah, I, I agree. It was a little bit a, a little bit much. I, I like hoping Rory, that's but the, the execution, but the idea that this is going to be yeah, I was kind of hoping that was another the season. I was kind of hoping that was the, the capper to it and like just like, all right, we've dealt with this. She really does love him. We're going to move on. But, but I, I don't think so we'll because I think she I think because she knew he was listening, I think she was intentionally saying stuff to reassure him. And really, they're going to keep playing this back up. Like, but was she really serious? Because I think it's more overt listening. than that. I no. think it's more a saying to the fans, hey, guys, we're not going to worry about this this season. Here I was really telling you so. more than that. In, in fact, I think this is something they felt that they had to do because obviously the story arc that's coming here is about Amy's pregnancy and this kind of like Schrodinger's cat fetus, which, which is like pregnant, not pregnant, not what does it mean? Obviously, that's part of the story arc. I don't think you can go down that path without kind of clearly establishing, look, Amy and Rory are solid. It's not a problem. I feel like, you know, they also, had they had to do that because now we're going to go down and talk about her baby. So From the character standpoint, too, there's a character standpoint, too. I mean, the doctor as, you know, sort of adulterer, I think would be makes him a very uncomfortable character in right. some ways yes. and I don't think they would do that to him. He he can't even kiss a girl without flinching. So well, <laughs> think about it. We, we his supposed daughter didn't We, we just we've just seen this girl regenerate, right? So yeah. so I think without tr- sort of emphasizing that that the Amy and and the doctor are not having a baby, you've got to do that otherwise it's the first conclusion you jump to is that they did, right? right. So I, I think that's spackling over the kind of one of the questions people might have when that's not the intent. And I think that's why we saw all that stuff with Amy and Rory. Well, especially because she tells him first that she's pregnant. I mean, there, there are bad lead-ups there. They're by slipping in the time head reference, which yeah. I think will yeah. be very important. Hey, um, before we – I, I, I want to talk about River Song before we get too far because yes. mm-hmm. she is a big – Cypher. Now, I love the actress to pieces. There's, I don't think there's ever been anybody on Doctor Who who has been has, as confident as this character. Do you, would you agree? And so she, uh, she maybe brings Captain a whole – Captain Jack. Yeah. Captain – no, I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. I have to, I have to concede. Addendum. Yeah. yeah, but, but she uses but, his old blaster, so it's almost kind of fitting. Yeah, right. But, and she's – I love the bit about, you know, I love, I love me a good tomb. Oh she... God! <laughs> that that line made me so happy. I just what was the line? It was I I love a good tomb. I yeah, or it's like what are love you doctor a... of exactly? And she's like archaeology. I love a good tomb. Oh my God! Yeah, Alex Kingston is great, and oh. the, and there was some you know the River Song thing is is interesting. What infuriates me about it is that they seem to have decided that they are meeting in reverse order, which um, based on previous portrayals is is not right. That that not, they do yeah, hop they around a little bit, and I, I wonder if they're just trying to simplify things for the they're, audience. They're they're meeting out of order, right? We know that. Right, but now she's saying time, it's reverse first, order. Which is right. Well, the first time which they can't meet, be. well, at least the first time they meet from the doctor's perspective is the time is her death, right? Sure. Right. So, but the time before that, that, she met with a doctor who knows her very well, who said goodbye to her and sent her off to the library, right? So they obviously don't meet in reverse order. They do meet maybe generally in reverse order, but there's hopping around. This makes around. my head hurt. I'm going to have to write a timeline. Someone's yeah, there is, there is uh, online you can find a timeline of it. But but uh, to Glenn's suggestion earlier, I do think that the revelations about, about River are going to be related to this child and whether she is Amy's child or not. I think that would be a, a sort of like human, a, a, you know, with time energy infused in her 
I don't know. It's it. She seems to factor in though somehow. I'm just I just don't know well, what know, the connection the, actually is. The great mystery is under whose authority is she in prison? Isn't that a fascinating thing? And, and she, she can just leave whenever she wants. I mean, outside of Earth and a few Slovenes and things, have we ever seen anyone in jail in Doctor Who or The Master? What What's the secret of why she goes to Stormcage? I think is just one of those questions that's been laying out there. Is how, you know who did she kill? And I, I think we're going to get that answer right. Well, and she although, breaks although that out. Was a, yeah, well, that was a brilliant scene in the first episode, right? She's packing. <laughs> well, the the um, there's a theory out there that I like that says that um, the reason that she's serving her time and for for killing somebody is because she's killing. She quote killed somebody who wanted to um, cover up their their disappearance. And right. if that's the doctor, that's kind of interesting. And and that dovetails with some uh, an interview with Stephen Moffat where he said one of the fundamental problems with modern Doctor Who is he wanders around and everybody knows him and that he's this oncoming storm and he's he's you know he's destroyed all these different bad guys on all these different worlds and that they need to kind of take it back a notch to have him be just a guy who shows up and nobody knows who he is. So I do wonder if that's a direction they're going where this death of his is not uh, it, it is. It's for show more than anything else. But I mean, he did invite everybody to his own funeral. Yes. Well, not everybody, but certainly a nice ensemble, including himself. Yes. Isn't that nice? <laughs> well, so this is the problem, though. Is is River Song? If she actually is meeting him backwards through time, she would know. She's already seen his death. Right, but she can't right? say. But she can't say, and she what? knows his name, River. You know my name. Nobody yes. knows it. I would only tell somebody that. When you know that whole thing in the in the library or the uh, the uh, second yes. part of the library, right? Well, someone will eventually go through, clip all the relevant scenes, and put them in the correct order. <laughs> yes, let's just it's wait and watch it. Then that'll it, make it easier. It's going to. I also have to, I want to give a shout out to the the guy who played uh, El, the elder Kenton Delaware the third Morgan Shepard, Blank Reg Mark from his father. Yeah, he he was Blank Reg and Max Headroom. He oh was God, in Star father? Trek. The, he was it's the schizoid man in Star Trek: The Next Generation. He was in Star Trek Six. He was the Klingon who welcomes them to Rurapente. He was in Star Trek the reboot as the Vulcan who tells Spock that they'll they'll let him into the academy despite his handicap. <laughs> Morgan Shepard, he has been in any in anything well, and everything. And, and, Mark and he Shepard is, is Mark following in his in his footsteps because yes. he is a guest star who is on every everything. Show. No, no. He's great. That's great. I did not realize that and that's lovely. Father and so they sat next to each other signing at Comic Con last oh, year. When wow. I got Morgan Shepard's autograph, Mark Shepard was sitting right next to him. Signing autographs for fans of Supernatural, I can only yes. guess. <laughs> By the way, he's great Which on Supernatural. I did not know at the time. It's a callback. Yes. So, so you know, so are you, everybody, so everybody entertained. Just, I'm, I'm just, I was disappointed, even though I think there's a lot of intriguing stuff, and I love the look of it, and I loved some of the elements of it. In the end, I felt kind of let down, and maybe part of that is just because. Um, I, I expect the to, the season opener to sort of like get me excited about the season, and you know, it didn't. It just was a lot of stuff mashed together. I felt it was like the homework for the rest of the season. So, did everybody else have a more positive feeling about it than I did? I would say I, meets expectations is my rating for it. <laughs> All right, only because my expectations are so low for Doctor Who. <laughs> oh. it, like, I, not that I, I thought it was fine. You know, right. like this is what I expect from Doctor Who: a bunch of stuff that's kind of sloppy and not put together well, and they don't know how to edit, and it's not it's not tight like you know the best of Twilight Zone or the best of even Amazing Stories or anything like that. It's it's John, big and ouch. sloppy and weird. John, but, did it have the know, emotional impact of War Games? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. I mean, that's the thing with Doctor Who is I find it very hard to get invested. Like, especially in this episode, I, I felt like these two episodes didn't earn 
their dramatic cues. You know when they do the the dramatic doctor music, the dun 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 music. Yeah. Most good episodes they will earn that little little cherry that they give themselves in the dramatic moment. And this these two episodes, I feel like they didn't earn that cue. Uh, but huh. I, it didn't bother me so much because all the things Jason's complaining about, I agree with. But I could say the same thing about almost any, you know, pick a random episode from a past season. And it's just something I tolerate about Doctor Who for, you know, just to be there for the fun ride. And I'm just like, all right, I'll go with it, whatever. I mean, I have to say that while overall I was entertained, the the two death sequences, specifically the Doctor's death in the beginning of the first episode and then Rory and Amy's and River's all fake deaths in the beginning of episode two, they set these all of these deaths up as big epic things and they kind of come out of nowhere and you don't really know how I'm going to feel about them. And I have to say that definitely threw me off. That's the, the third first... third fake Rory death, by the way. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, but, but we're confirmed that he is in fact still the, the fake Rory or the – No, he's not – no, no. No, no. I don't think he's plastic. I don't think – No, he's human but he remains – Remembers being yeah. plastic. It's, yeah, when they Are rebooted the universe, he became a real boy. Yeah, but he remembers, right? Remember the thing? Like, I think I there's some ambiguity. But they've there. killed him three times now mm. and brought him back. Well, two they times killed him. they killed him real, really, didn't they? Twice I'm he just died. Tired no one ever dies dying. from real. Like, yeah. had enough, enough death scenes. Enough. You're only Rory. supposed to get I, one good death scene as an actor. I thought that Not was the bit at the end of the second episode when. When uh, he, doctor, the doctor says, you only live once, and they give each other a look. And I thought at first it was Rory going like, hey, dude, look at me. Look at you. And then it was like, oh, no, no. They're talking about the callback to the doctor dying. But I was still like, everybody seems to have died on the right. show at some point. Amy was dead. Amy was dead, and they restored her in the Pandorica. And they so, built- so Dan enjoyed generally general verdict? I, I, I say I generally enjoyed. I think there was a lot of uh, – there were some nice little touches that I really thought were well done. I love the whole marking all the arms and the faces and everything. Mm-hmm. That was – it was right. very effective. It could, could have been a two-parter in and of itself though, right? Oh, yeah. I mean Absolutely. I think that – again, I, I think my main complaint is that there was too much – they needed to, you know, kill some darlings in there and say that we just don't have room for this. That's a separate episode, or we just got to drop it because I think there was too much they were in love with in this episode. And as the a result, second, the second unit suffered. really, really wanted to do some great panoramic U.S. If you watch the, uh, I watched. The, oh, there's right, some beautiful right. shots. Doctor yeah. Who Confidential, and they're like, they really want to do these giant shots, and they needed a giant reason to do it. So the second unit's like, let's kill Roar. I mean, they're not this. Yeah, on the top of the Glen Canyon v- Dam. Yes, we can. So Glen, say- you you liked it. Me? Yeah, yeah. You I, seem the I most positive it. I about it. it. I definitely uh, – the thing I liked about it, I will agree with John in part, only in part, that um, the, Doctor Who is all about sort of sloppy, ridiculous, wibbly, wobbly. If, you, if you're really focused on the plot in Doctor Who, you're inevitably going to be disappointed. It's, if it's not – if you don't enjoy the repartee and the whole sort of you know, gestalt of it, then it's not – it has to be fun that way because the plots are always like that. But, um, but I think uh, there were a lot of things that really pulled me up short. The aliens, I thought, were super creepy. I thought it was great. And the, um, even when the doctor died, I was like, holy – I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, holy crap. Like, what the – like, I know, it's, I know it has to be a positive resolution because they're not ending the series. But it was still – I was really shocked a few times. It's hard to do that as a jaded Doctor Who modern version watcher. All right. I, I, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I'm a little more skeptical. I, I, just, I just found myself saying, come on, standalone episodes. I'm really looking forward to seeing pirates this coming week, right? It's just like, oh, it's just pirates. In a, in a haunted pirate hat. ship. Two, two weeks, though, and we get a Neil Gaiman penned episode tantalizingly titled The Doctor's, the Doctor's Wife. Wife yeah. I know. Looking forward to it. Definitely he's, looking forward to it. He says he's been married. So, so um, and my prediction, by the way, for the last scene of the last episode of this season is that Amy's going to give birth to a baby girl and the doctor's going to say, hello, sweetie. 
That's my prediction. Mark yeah, my words. Say, what? I really what? think she's what? Mark my words. I really think she's River Song. Yeah. No. I mean, I would not be surprised. They would not surprise me. I, I get the feeling that they're trying to wrap up, uh, you know, or wrap, or at least explain that story and explain who she is. And now that they've got this baby involved, who's got sort of special traits. Well, I remember that. Little imagine girl. meeting her. Imagine meeting him as a young girl, or is it? Did she say a young girl when she's talking about meeting the doctor? She did she say said a young girl. She met. She met. Yeah, which is the time traveler's wife, basically. Which mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat has not been shy from knocking off in numerous ways. So why not again? Well, I mean, he's publicly acknowledged. Yes, he has so. now. It's it's nice. Nice of him to do that. So any other final parting thoughts for this before we go on to a haunted pirate ship? I love the oh. firefight at the end of the second episode with, with River and the doctor <laughs> trying to fire people with the screwdriver. He's like, what are you doing? I'm helping. I assume helping. he's like, yeah, shielding or something. No, I don't think he's doing anything. I think he just wants to feel useful mm. while she actually kills people. Just distracting the silence. Yes. Okay. The face mark thing bothered me a little bit. But the uh, so I like the idea of the things that you don't remember and you're making marks to remember it. But a, why would you do hash marks? We have like a number system that takes up less room. And b, why would you ever put marks on your face? You can't we see can't them see on your them. face unless you have a mirror. So how can you be checking that the numbers have changed since the last time? I know they had the reflection in the window. It just seemed it seems silly to me. I guess they they went for drama, but I feel like writing on your hand with numbers may, would would have made more sense, and you wouldn't have lost anything. Oh, they could have used binary notation. That would have been even more. <laughs> Hexadecimal. Of Hexadecimal course. would have been even more space efficient, sure. but harder for the audience to read. But hash marks and on your yeah, face, like, are you going to draw a hash mark on your forehead? First of all, that's hard to do. Try drawing hash marks on your forehead and making sure that the, the fifth one crosses the four that you just drew previously. You've tried <laughs> this. Wow. He did research. I, I, just like, like, you know, it, I hope you all choice realize. It's not the obvious choice. The obvious choice is to write numbers on your hands. And they went with this other choice, which makes no sense. Also, I wonder how the children wrote in giant red letters, go home, get out of here in the orphanage. Did they? I thought the, the, I thought the, the doctor did. Drew yeah. that. Not the I thought the, carita- the crazy dude did. Oh, I see. Oh, that makes uh, more sense because there were, in yeah. fact, no the children. Crazy there. Dude. That's exactly. The, he was great. He was like out of some dude. kind of like great gothic novel yeah. <laughs> covered in uh, – you know something. Speaking Moss. of the crazy of the crazy hash marks, I read something right after I watched the episode where someone was like, "You want to figure out a way to really scare your kids right after having them watch this episode? Let them go to sleep and then draw hash marks all over." Them. <laughs> <laughs> and then wait for them to find a mirror, presumably. Yes. So. Um, because these are now being aired simultaneously in the U.S. and the U.K., we've actually tried the experiment of watching these. We watch these episodes with our kids. Um, sight unseen and the, after the impossible astronaut my, my son demanded that he sleep with the door open and the light on in the hallway uh, yeah that's that's okay when my wife was like see what you did and I said no it's great I, I had be, a few moments should a little scared. kids should be scared a I, there is I nothing wrong moments, with being a little scared <laughs> I had a few moments in the basement yesterday after watching the episode turning on lights and going around dark corners and going Okay, all right, just after watching it. So it's good. That's because they were behind you, Glenn. have a spacesuit put in Glenn's basement. (laughs) That's good. That's right. Thank you. All right. So thank you all for joining me in this crazy uh, Flash uh, podcast. We'll try to do this again maybe for for other Doctor Whos or other things that come up. And then we post them and there's no editing. And so everybody gets it exactly as it was here in all of its glory and mess. (laughs) What do you want? It's an extra thing, you know. And what did you pay? Just your valuable time. Sorry. <laughs> you'll, you'll also get the DVD commentary of this episode for free. Sure. I don't understand that one, Glenn. 
We're going to listen to the episode and comment on this actual podcast. Oh, on the podcast yeah. again. Exactly. We there keep we... promising to to do meta uh, commentary on our actual podcast, and it hasn't happened yet. No, not yet. And I hope it never does. But if it does, that will be a different episode of the Incomparable. So, until next time when we post a proper episode, um, I'm Jason Snell, thanking my guests Dan Morin, Glenn Fleischman, John Syracuse, and Serenity Caldwell. Everybody, say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. That's it. Thanks for listening.